Well, Dr. Lisa, you know, we have been looking for this elusive tri-club, this tri-club that is all-inclusive. Everyone feels like they belong. We have been talking about this for several, several episodes of this podcast, and I think we might have found it. Are you telling me that you might have found the Unicorn Triathlon Club? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I think we might have found it, and I think we have a fantastic guest to tell us all about it. Okay. Well, I can't wait to hear more because I know that our listeners probably would enjoy to have some tangible ideas about how they can work on their tri-club to be more inclusive. So join us after the break as we dive into this discussion. I'm Dr. Shauna Payne-Gold and I go by she, her, her pronouns. And I'm Dr. Lisa Ingefield and I go by she, her, hers. Welcome to Unfazed, a podcast to disrupt your normal and challenge your brain to go the distance. So, Dr. Lisa, let me just say, we have two of you on this podcast uh, today. We have Lisa Ingerfield, of course, my lovely co-host, but we also have the incomparable Lisa Steptoe as well on our podcast, which I'm just so hype about because... Lisa and I talk triathlon all the time. We talk life all the time too, but we talk triathlon all the time. And, you know, so Dr. Lisa, I've been talking to you and you've been talking to me about what would be the characteristics Mm -hmm. of a really great all-inclusive tri-club or Mm -hmm. endurance sport club of any sort that really embraced everybody and made it very clear that it's part of their values and priorities. And as I heard my wonderful friend talk about what she's doing in leadership in her tri-club, I thought to myself, okay, we need to highlight this, feature this, and not to say that any tri-club of any sort is uh, perfect, uh, but we think we can take some notes from this particular instance. So I'm really thrilled to introduce to you Lisa Steptoe, um, the incoming president of the Mid-Maryland Tri-Club. Did I get the title right, Lisa? Yes, that's president-elect. <laughs> president-elect. I love it. I love it. I love it. So yeah, so we're just excited to have you on the podcast today. And, you know, uh, Dr. Lisa, I'm wondering, you know, if we really have fully described what an inclusive tri-club looks like. We've talked about a few aspects of it, you know, as far Mm -hmm. as accessibility Mm -hmm. for athletes that may have disabilities or or are differently abled, or, um, you know, even when it just comes to the treatment of folks during training and so forth. Mm -hmm. But when it really comes to building something from the ground up, the way you really wanted it to be, I don't think we've talked about it from that particular angle. No, I don't think we have. And I do think that would be very helpful for folks. So Lisa Steptoe, I would love to hear a little bit more about you and how you got into triathlon. And it sounds like you've been connected to your triathlon club for some time. So you probably can kind of talk us through the arc of um, how that has evolved and what you hope to do in the in the coming months. (laughs) Absolutely. So I got into triathlon a little over 10 years ago. I'm going into my 11th in the sport. My first try was Nations Try, which is no longer, but it was at a triathlon in DC. And I did this, I did my first try because one of my girlfriends with a Cheshire cat grin walked up to me. She goes, Lisa, you work out <laughs> all the time. And I really don't want to do this triathlon by myself. You could do it with me. Will you please? And I looked at her like she was absolutely crazy. I'm like, 
but doesn't that require like a bike and swim, you know, all that kind of stuff? And she's like, you, you know how to swim and you did blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, I don't have a bike and I'm not about to invest in a bike. I'll get you a bike. I was like, okay. She got me a mountain bike. Okay. Uh, like a hybrid awesome bike with a basket, literally a lunch basket. Oh, I love it. On the front <laughs> of it. Okay. I and I knew she didn't tell me any different, and I knew no different. So I'm on the in the try. I'm riding along like a wicked witch. You know, pedaling. It's raining. The water, you know, I mean, it just you know, the water displacement of the tire, everybody's going past me. And I'm like, and they're like, on your left. And I'm, you want to know what my real thought was? One more person says to me on your left and you're going to get this foot. Okay. I'll show you on your left. So anyway, and they kept teasing me like, do you got a sandwich in there? As a matter of fact, I do. Words. Isn't that right? <laughs> It was, it, oh my God, it was mm. crazy. On the swim, I did it, my first try was an Olympic distance, just jump right in, yeah. Open water, um, I get it and I feel like Jacques Cousteau because people were swimming over me and I got to the point where I was so angry that I put my elbows out to the side, made fists and swam fist like, I know you can't see it on the video, but I swam like I was like one person. You get me near, you get in the boat, okay? You get in the fist. And I got out of the water. I was, the, there's pictures of me. I look like I will kill the first person who rolls up on me. But anyway, so I, I get through it. I say, I'm never going to do this again. Are you absolutely out of your mind? That hurt really bad. And it was awful. But they at Nations, not all tries do this, but Nations, they gave you this slip of paper, a little printout of all your times and your transition and how you did and where you placed. And I made the mistake or the, had the fortune of putting that piece on my, that slip on my dresser mirror. And so every morning I'm looking at this and I'm like, I just had the right bike and I just trained a little bit and I don't know, like really like put my mind to it. I could do better. I could do better than last. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I could do better than this. And there that's, and I, then I became an addict, you know, just like most of us who get into the mm -hmm. sports, you're kind of like, it's my life now. It's my lifestyle. It is what I, what it was, but I was never going to be a, a real true podium, you know, get on the podium, you know, making the top 10 in my age group. I was always going to be a pretty much middle back of the packer age grouper. You know, I got into this in my late forties and now I'm trying, I'm like excited about hitting a new age group, you know, in my sixties. <laughs> and then I realized that, the older you get, the faster those chicks get. Damn it. <laughs> so um, <laughs> in the midst of all that, I started looking for a tri club. I wanted, you know, how do I learn this if I don't hang out with people who also do this? So I tried out one or two, uh, actually just, you know, not tried out, but, uh, but I went to visit an, a club 
Um, and this particular club, I went to, um, they had this, this uh, pool swim, you know, come and swim with the club and do some laps and whatever. And I got there and the, you know, I'm like, I'm new. I wanted to, you know, come to visit, try out some of your training programs. And he just looked at me and said, well, if you can't do um, 50 meters without stopping, then there's no point in you even starting. I was like, but I, we were here to train. You know, I thought we were here, I, I'm here to learn. And I mean, I could do 50 meters, but I, I, I mean, I just left. I was like, uh, this, mm. You you excluded me just by looking. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. without me that told you that I wasn't, you know, okay. So mm-hmm. a little fluffy, okay. I, what mm-hmm. you know, a woman, short, fat. I don't know, but mm-hmm. it really hurt. I mean, it hurt. It was like, so how am I going to do this? And so I was. I found out that there was a a local club, like right around the corner from my, you know, they had their meetings right around the corner from my house called Mid-Maryland Tri Club. So I went to a couple of meetings and they actually, they, they were so welcoming. And, and, you know, I just, so I joined the club and I started going to the meetings and I, and not everybody has a personality like this, but my personality was, I will insert myself into the mm-hmm. or into, I will make friends and so that I can achieve my goal. My goal was to improve it at triathlon, to at least enjoy the sport. And so I don't know these people, but I'm going to make friends. And, and so I would show up at anything and everything and I would get dropped and left behind and, you know, just, I would come in last and, you know, all the trading things or, but nobody made me feel bad about that. That, that was one part. But as I progressed in the club, I was there for a couple of years and doing that. I noticed that new people would come, they would visit and they would go and they'd never see him again. And, you know, I'm just looking around. I'm like, there's not many people like me. Okay. That, are relatively new to the sport or I, I, I didn't at the time early in, in my career have an interest in going above Olympic, you know, 73 right. was the, was like just beyond my ken at that moment. Um, but that, and that's all the club focused on was, you know, the longer distances. Um, I noticed that there was the clicks, the guys and the gals who, were always on the podium. They were winning awards in the club. They were, um, when I went to an event that, or a race that Mid-Maryland was at, um, and yeah, we had our club tent and everybody's welcome. And, you know, we had, oh, you know, just, it was welcoming, but it was also exclusive. There was clicks. There was the, you know, it's like the fast kids, the, 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 the popular kids who all hung out together, they trained together. Even if we did group training, you know, the few of us who stuck around who were relatively naive in the sport or slower, um, you know, in one or all events, we got left behind. 
And so it became very, very cliquish. Um, and so I decided that, you know, maybe if I became one of the faces on the board and, and I made it a point to reach out uh, on the board, then, um, you know, to new people and, and have a voice on the board to make them, not make them, but encourage the board to be more inclusive and do activities that, that there's dip, like different um, A, B, and C group or so that, and then even if one of the fast people are leading, somebody's gonna lead this, the C group and not leave them behind, but they still feel part of the group, okay? Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that without being on the board, I didn't have any influence to make those change. So I came on the board, I ran for the board, I got on there as the communications director um, in charge of communication. And, you know, yes, you have a position, but you kind of on our board, it's like everybody has a voice. And so I encouraged them, let's put out a survey. The first thing I did is let's survey our members. Uh-oh, hold yeah. up, hold up. Now we know we just had... <laughs> Uh -huh, we just uh -huh. had a podcast just on data. Now, let's be clear. Yep. Lisa Steptoe is strong in her data because she is a mathematician by training. However, this is taking data to a whole new level. Okay, go ahead, Lisa Steptoe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> I said, I suggested before we go into another year of doing the same old Sabo, why don't we ask our members what they'd like to see? Who are the speakers that they want to talk about? What is the training that they want to do? What do they need from the club for, you know, you know, what, what would you like to see from the club and the feedback we got? Woo. Ooh, tea, tea. It oh, like tea. I spilled the tea. <laughs> Most of the board was shocked by the, you know, we, when we left one of the questions open, give us a, you know, just give us your feedback, your impression. And the feedback was negative. It, uh, oh my. it was very negative that we were elitist. We were not inclusive. We uh, made people feel bad. We had meetings and, and you stuck in, you, you stayed in your cliques and you didn't, nobody introduced themselves. Nobody made the new people feel welcome. Nobody, you know, just all kinds of that stuff. How come you don't have on your group rides, you know, it, it's just a group ride, but it's all A people and the B's and the C's, they get left out there on the course. And, you know, um, you know, how come we're not having, we don't do any swim? Well, swim is, is tough, you know, but, you know, we never thought about, about doing that. Um, you know, why do we only pick our A races as the 70.3, you know, Eagle Man and, and Iron Man Maryland. What about getting into um, supporting some of the other local smaller races? You know, so we got all this feedback and we would do it every, you know, try to add things. Um, and that's how probably within the last four years, yeah, the, you know, the last year I was a communicator, I did that two years in a row. And then I became on, came the vice president 
it wasn't until the last two or three years that we really, the club really started implementing um, some new ideas. We added a membership, uh, what, oh, I forgot what it's called now, membership um, relations person to the board. And their whole goal was new, new member relations. And the whole goal was to, you know, bring in new members, make them feel welcome, get them set up with, you know, logged into the website and um, on the on the Facebook page and in their our group email and and make sure that they um, you know feel welcome. Um, we added a mentor program, so you got matched. Anybody, every old, new, you got matched. If you wanted a mentor, you got matched with a mentor. If you wanted to be a mentee, you you know, and and that was a big hit um, because you got matched with somebody who was doing so. So say I I asked for a mentor, um, and I got matched with somebody. Oh, I I was a mentor, but I only wanted to get matched with new people um, or new to the sport. Um, and help them get started with the basics. And, and then yes, you don't have to train with them, but I said I would train with them. You know, so the, we kind of made it an open mentorship you, and then we matched them up with what you were willing to do and what somebody needed. Um, and that was a great hit. Um, we started partnering with um, local like Rip It events and um, Ken Racine with uh, out at Fort Ritchie and, and their races and making those, you know, the duathlons, swim run. We're starting to add those as options and that we will have a club tent there and we will be a presence there. So it, it's been slow evolving and slow moving. This last year, the, the thing we, we also changed is, um, or didn't change, we added, we I found us a, uh, a, a coach, a sponsor who was willing to donate in kind, be a sponsor of the club, but instead of giving us money for the club, they would sponsor, they would provide a beginner's um, training program. And he would work with them directly. So you had to sign, you had to be a member of the club, but, and, and you got to have a training program and there was a race, you know, that they did, of course, COVID hit. And we ended up doing the Baltimore um, tribe because that was the only live race um, that went on here. But um, that was, that was a big hit and we're going to redo that next year. So what, what else can we do? What's my plan? because it's just not enough to keep adding programming. How can we be more inclusive? And I decided that um, as president-elect, I've decided that we need to change the name. We need a whole new rebrand. Um, I don't know what the name is gonna be, but instead of calling ourselves a tri-club, we're gonna be an endurance club. We're, or we're gonna be a multi-sports club. We're open to everybody. Now you want a mountain bike and that's all you wanna do, fine. You want to be an ultra runner and that's all you want to do? Fine, we got something for you too. You want to do trails? We got something for, for you too. So that not only do the members or the older members who've been there a long time, who have some of our biggest tri people are now like, I don't, I don't really want to race anymore. I've done 12. Okay, I'm good. 
Um, I'm now into mountain biking. Good. Guess what? Tag, you're it. You're going to lead our mountain biking um, group. Um, we've got people who stopped doing triathlons and now they're doing ultras. Okay. You want to do the ultras or the trail running? Fine. That's what you're going to do. So that's our first big step right now is we're rebranding it, renaming it, new logo. Um, our mission is going to be focused on multi-sport athletes of all um, abilities um, to be more inclusive. We're bringing back that mentor program. We're going to bring back, um, um, I partnered with uh, uh, Tracy, um, Tracy McNeil for open to open up open water swims for the for the club. Um, it's still hard to find the the pool, <laughs> you know, to do that as a as a group. Um, but um, just offer more things and be more inclusive. To do some things that are basic. Let's have a tire changing class. Let's have you know instead of bringing in. You know, not that the, it, we won't do that, but we bring in somebody who's done, you know, the this ultra running sport. And it was great to hear him, but it's sometimes it's over your head. It's beyond my ken. OK, I need you to bring it down to this level. So have more variety in what you're offering to the club. Um, but, you know, Lisa, you, you're making me think, and, and Dr. Lisa, weigh in on this, too. It it makes me feel like the brand of most tri-clubs is just fast. It's like either you're fast or you're not. Right. And if you're fast, you mm -hmm. can be with the cool kids. Yeah. If you're not, or, or and I'm not even saying if you're not fast, maybe I should rephrase that to say, if your objective is not about speed, then you don't mm. get into that out. club. You're, you're, right, you're out of it. You're excluded. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I didn't mm -hmm. want... You know, it's part of, like I said earlier, part of my personality. I wanted something. I wanted to do try. Um, so I would show up and get my butt handed to me. Okay. But I kept going up. Was I afraid all the time? And, I, and I'm a big proponent of fear is not real. The challenges are. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's all that kind of stuff. But um, I would go to these events and I'm scared to death. And I knew exactly why people don't show up again because they can't overcome that fear. I, I'm, I'm not afraid to be left behind. I just print out the map. So, so I, know, I know how to get right. Right. How to get back to the car. Right. Um, you know, I'm okay with being the last one out there but not everybody is because it, 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 it's, it's just hard when you want to be included but you're made to feel less than. And I never mm -hmm. wanted anybody to feel less than. It's mm -hmm. part of, I mean, so it's, it's also like how at races, I'm no longer last anymore, but I never leave a race until the last person comes in. I want them to have somebody. And if that's just me, then they're gonna have somebody cheering them in, even if I have to go back out there and get them. I guess. I mean, that's just, that's just part of who I am. And cause I never want anybody else to have that feeling. I want them to come back. Um, like Shauna was saying, you know, not everybody wants to be fast. I, I, yeah, I'd like to be faster, but that's not my why I want to, it brings the sport 
and endurance sports brings me joy. So that's why I do it. If I'm faster, awesome. Some days I have bad days and I'm not. Um, you know, hey, I got 3,000 meters done in the pool. Took me two days, but, you know, I got it done. <laughs> but, you know, and I felt good about it. Um, so that is the, that's definitely the goal is to mm -hmm. be elitist and e exclusive of people and meet them where they're at. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, want to come back. That piece there, making them want to come back, you mentioned it earlier too. Um, it's one of the things that we've talked about before is that often, you know, um, when folks are thinking about whether or not their club or their race is inclusive of different people, they look only at the numbers, right? Do we have numerical diversity? Um, mm -hmm. They don't look beyond that and think, well, these, yeah, we had 50 women at this race, but none of those women came back and did the race again, right? Like they don't right. then have the further conversation around why, right? And it sounds like you, you know, that survey you did, and it sounds like that's something that's on your mind around. It's more than just how many people we have. We have to actually create this environment where people want to come back. And that's what's happening to these clubs all over. And with races is you get... We had at one time at the height of our club, we had almost 600 members. This this last year, and I understand it's the, it was a you know it was a bad year, but let's just go to the year before. If we had 202 members, we were lucky. I think wow. 125 this year, and it's hard to put on events or even training with 125 people mm -hmm. because yeah, as you yeah. all know in every other statistic, it's the 80-20 rule. 20% of the people do 80% of the work, the training, the way. So, you know, if you've already got five on the board out of, a, you know, 20% of, and I think actually for an event or a training, only 10%, if you're lucky, show up. So, that's 12 people, five of which are on the board. Oh, goodness. Seven people yeah. to show up and come back again and again and again. And they've got to feel empowered. They mm -hmm. feel um, included. They need to feel like they're not going to be left behind uh, or you know, we all got to do our emotional work, you know, and our, our mental toughness. But if you're starting out and you're already made to feel like, well, I, I really can't do this. I can't, I can't keep up. There's, you know, it's like, you know, changing the self-talk. Like, I mean, Shauna, we've been on ride together and, and I, mm -hmm. I'm always uh, with Crystal, I tell her, you know, we're having bad days. And I'm like, and then somebody will say to me, well, Lisa, you go ahead. I can't keep up. It's not today. It's not about me. Okay. I'm here. Your race, your pace. We do what we can do. Okay. I'm gonna push you, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to leave you and make you feel like you can't. Oh, absolutely. Well, and, and I think that's what's so important though, Lisa, because you've demonstrated to us how even through looking at the data, how, 
people truly do need to have a bit more empathy when it comes to how we include people in endurance sport that I understand you might be able to run a five minute mile, but can you have some empathy for the people that are running 11, 12, 13, 15, but still want to have the joy of the sport, just as you have joy of the sport Mm -hmm. and understanding that. And so I I think that's, what's so profound about there's enough space for everybody in triathlon. But mm-hmm. for some reason, the, the empathy breaks down where people just can't understand an objective other than fast, other than first, other than podium. And there are a plethora of reasons why people do what they do. Lisa, mm-hmm. I, I would probably suggest that you and I both, as, as much as we would prefer not to be last, even if we were last forever, we would still want to be a part of the triathlon community because it's part of our our lives. It's part of our lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Like you mentioned before, it's very much part of what we do for me personally. It's very much a mental health thing. Having a routine gives me life, you know, and so I would still do it regardless of where I place, but I I feel like there's this disconnect between the people that do it for the speed and the people that do it for the joy. And if that joy includes speed, then fine. If it doesn't, right. Do we have space for those people? And you're suggesting and basing it on how you're rebuilding the club is that, in fact, not only do we have space, we got plenty of space. And let me show you how we have space for everyone who wants to be a part of that type of club. I think that's important. And I can't, you know, I can't force people to have, you know, that that empathy. And but if I model it and I encourage it and when when I tag you like so I don't do mountain biking. Okay, but I've encouraged people in the team. You want a mountain bike? Okay, so we got a guy on on the team who likes to lead. He he puts it. I said, please post it up in the in our group, in our club group, and say that you're going out there and allow make mention that no matter what, this is not a drop ride. We will wait for you. We're going to take our time. Put all those caveats in there. And you don't have to do that on every ride you're going to share. Today, this Saturday's ride is going to be for everybody. Mm -hmm. These are the rules. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, And so I've been encouraging that. And then the next Saturday, it's for the the really good. Okay. And that's cool. That's fine. I know that every other Saturday, I can go with, I can go hang out and try to jump logs and kill myself. Okay. <laughs> you know, um, I don't trail run either. I, I'm clumsy. Um, but I'll, you know, I'll show up and I'm like, whoever's leading it, is this the trail run for everybody? Make sure you put that out there. Make sure you say that we're going to, you know, even if we're going to do this pace and this is the range and we're going to have an A, B and C person, you know, just tell people that this is inclusive, okay? You know, you don't have to use the word inclusive, but when you tell people that, hey, the pace is gonna range, mm-hmm. we're gonna have an A and a B group, or we're gonna have an A, B and C group, and there's gonna be somebody with that, and we're gonna stop at these, you know, and pick everybody up. We start together, we end together. People, mm-hmm. know, I know that I'm not gonna get left out there in the woods if I decide to go, you know. Exactly. Um, mm-hmm. Exactly. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and those, it's so interesting. So Dr. Lisa is the, the guru as far as when it comes to in, 
intercultural communication. And mm. I'm just thinking about that now, how this makes complete sense around even small words and how you phrase things when it comes to sport is, is very inclusive. So for example, no drop, as we've mentioned before, yeah. but um, all levels welcome or, you know, mm -hmm. all those words that can be used. So we're not saying that you got to use PhD words that, you know, that we mm -hmm. use all the time, but they, yeah. those small words are crucial. I mean, I read those things and I look at them and I'm like, oh, that's not mm -hmm. for me. Oh, that is for me. Okay. I'll be there. And, and I know just by a few phrases that, you know, no drop, or like you mentioned, you know, we're going to have, um, you know, this many rest stops or whatever. I, I think all mm -hmm. of that really signifies much more than mm -hmm. just structure, but it's no, you can find a place here. You can find a, a level that works for yes. you here. And we've created those levels for you to, to fit in and, and enjoy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It sounds like there's, um, I'm just, I'm kind of processing what you're saying, Lisa, and just thinking about this in my experience with tri clubs. There's a little bit of like navel gazing that happens, right? So you have a board that, um, you know, exists in a tri club and there's this echo chamber or, you know, like they just, yeah. uh, I'm thinking of my own personal tri club and I'm now kind of like, like kind of cataloging or flicking through all the people who I know have been on the board or the people who are most prominent in the club, you know, and they fit a particular style, if you will. Yes. Um, I'm not quite sure how to frame that. Um, lovely people, right? But there's definitely, um, there's some, yeah, this navel gazing. And I think your example of the survey and how the board was absolutely flabbergasted by the results oh, yes. is a real example of that right like they hadn't a hadn't thought to ask the club what is it that you need right one and then two the responses that they got were like so unexpected because they haven't been paying attention because they'd just been thinking about what they needed right what the leadership needed yeah yeah it it, mm -hmm. it was the funniest thing first of all me suggesting the survey what why do we need a survey why would we need to ask anyone what they need? How about that? I mean, we're, we're charging people $50 a year. We should ask them what they'd like to see in our programming and what changes, because if we keep doing, I mean, what is the definition of insanity? Keep doing the same thing over and over again. You mm -hmm. want the membership keeps going down. Well, let's find out why are people leaving? Let's get them before we let's yep. ask these questions before it's time to renew. And then we're, and they just disappear. And then we don't, we don't ever see them again, you know, and um, mm -hmm. find out. And when they got, I mean, the visceral reaction, shock, awe, well, who's <laughs> this? I'm like, you don't have to come back at these people. You, you, the, the goal is not to come back at them. It's, or the defense, that's it. They got defensive. Yeah. Everybody that's on the board, besides me, got defensive. And uh, that's not how we are. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of is. Perception is reality, period. Yes. Okay. So yes, this is how we are. We are clickish. You guys, you know, some of you are rude. I mean, we have on the board, they're rude. He, all he ever wanted to talk about was his Strava segment. Nobody cares about your Strava segment. Gosh, uh, that's okay. I really don't. And it, he tried to convince me at one of our board meetings that Strava was the new Facebook. No, it's not. Oh my, oh my. I was mm -mm. like, okay. Mm -mm. He was so into the data and, you know, 
And I'm like, why are you looking at my data? Because I don't even look at my data. Come on. You're looking at, Lisa, I saw that you did this, you know, race road. Um, and, and you, you know, just if you pushed a little harder, you could have, it wasn't my intention to push. What? Why, why are you looking at me? And, and wow. And I know if he's doing it to me, that he probably says that stuff to others. In mm-hmm. And, and that's what's, that, that's what's really getting to be about this whole conversation about, because we could go on forever about exclusion stories, right? I mean, they, they're mm-hmm. just all over. And what's profound for me about this is, and this is not looking down on anyone, I'm just thinking about the people that I know who are very strong. And anyone who knows Lisa Steptoe knows that she is very strong. In fact, for those of us who are in her circle, it's like, look, girl, you got two minutes to cry it out. And after that, we back on this trail. We back in this water, whatever it is, we back in here. Okay. We don't have time for all that. All right. Two minutes and then we're back in. But, but my point to that, uh, jokingly, but my point to that is there are people who don't have this level of self-awareness, this level of I'm willing to insert myself into whatever and show up. And what about those people that don't have that level of confidence that are trying to figure Mm -hmm. out what their next step is? Because not everyone has that level of self-confidence like a Lisa Steptoe, like a Colonel Spencer, like our previous guest on this show. They just don't. And so what happens when they don't have that level of confidence and they got to figure out a way to pursue a sport they love without that confidence without that help that's when you structure a context that works for them um but yeah that i i wrestle with that what about the people that don't have that level of self-confidence and you just you just pricked the thing in my mind i just wanted to add it before um before we run out of time is this is an expensive sport so you know getting a new person involved in the sport is it, it can be daunting that alone is intimidating they think they got to have the seven thousand dollar bike and you know the, the 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 helmet and just all the gear and one of the other things i did was we do twice a year a gear swap and all the old heads and I, you you know you got about 400 helmets you know, sitting, sitting at home that are still good and you got extra tires and you got extra, th- and we would lay it all out at a club meeting and you take what you want. Now, some people, like I had a couple of coaches, they had, you know, extra shoes and, and they were like, that's nominal, you know, for a nominal fee. I mean, way below cost, like you might as well just give it away, but you can take whatever you want on this table. And so, People, that's how we started getting our newbies to get, have some gear. I mean, who wants to buy a $14 water bottle? I've got 400 of them. Okay, here you go. Take take three. Take several, Um, please take several. (laughs) Take several, take several. I mean, I, you know, I get, I'd buy new gear and like we all do. And, but my, my old stuff, I still got to. You know, I got the Wahoo cadence and all that. I still have all that gear because, but I upgraded to a garment. Do I throw that out or do, how about I exchange it? So we implemented twice a year to have this and it's been another hit, you know, um, where you, it allows new people to pick up a couple of things, you know. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, I, I love this. We we've gone way long and I'm so glad that we did because I'm just, uh, I need to have like my notes out. Like I left my pen over there. I should have gotten my pen. I'm going to have to listen to our own podcast, Lisa, and take notes from what mm -hmm. we all said here because it was so doggone good. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm so fascinated and I cannot wait to see in the future mm -hmm. how those numbers look, right? Because, mm -hmm. you know, that 125, that 200, I, look, I'm giving Lisa Steptoe one good year, 365. <laughs> and I guarantee you these numbers are going to go through the roof because, yeah. you know, social media is going to be off the charts, you know, all of that with everything that you're doing. Um, and, and I have to say, Lisa Steptoe, if folks did not know, now they understand why. I have to brag a little bit that she was also the recipient of the Ironheart Athlete Award from her tri club for yes, the work that yes. she's done. And so I'm just so appreciative because you're giving us like this little toolkit for any endurance sport club to take away and do these great things. And it, mm -hmm. it sounds like it could be implemented in any context, um, which I so appreciate about it. Oh, so yeah. in incredible, incredible. It yeah. just, it, like uh, I think Lisa said, think with empathy. Um, you know, race and train with, with, with some empathy. You all started somewhere. Yes. We all yes, didn't yes. just rise up out of like a Phoenix and, and do an Ironman and woohoo, uh, you know, and podium at the same time. <laughs> all the things, all the things. All the things. Exactly. Yeah. I actually, just to that point, I do think that that is really relevant to women, especially women who've had families, um, who are now maybe their kids are a little older. And so now they're thinking about, well, I have more free time. I can actually spend that time on myself rather than, you know, giving everything I have to other people. Um, and so I think people are starting later, right? Like, um, you know, I didn't get into triathlon until early thirties, maybe. And Shauna, mm -hmm. I think you were in your thirties too, right? Exactly. Yep. Yeah. And then Lisa, you said you got into it in your forties, early forties. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. And so there's that piece too, right? We're not, um, we're not a community of collegiate athletes, right? right. <laughs> 20 year olds who can run a five fifteen right. pace yes, for a mile. That's right. right. No, <laughs> my spring chicken days are over. Yeah. And I, and I think triathlon clubs need to evolve in that way. And there's, there's definitely a gendered aspect to that too, because mm -hmm. men are freer in general throughout their lifespan to do these kinds of activities and to get hung up on Strava. And I'm like, I have a feeling I know the kind of guy the Strava guy is. Um, <laughs> we know the type, don't we? We know yeah. the type. You know, I mean, he's, fa he's fast as all get out, but he's very focused on the data. Right. I mean, yeah. You know, great guy. Good for him. Super fast. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I think that there's, there's this other dynamic happening, this gender dynamic too, that's really important. Yeah. It's kind of like uh, bubbling under the surface in some of the ways that you're trying to create some inclusivity, I think, um, particularly mm -hmm. for older women who are maybe discovering the sport in their 30s, 40s and 50s. Um, and I think that's yeah. really important. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and you know, and that's the key right there, though, I think is that regardless of where you find yourself in your life, there's going to be kind of this, you know, maybe an opening of some sort in your life where, you know, let's say you have an empty nest or, you know, whatever it may be for whatever reasons where you now can make more space for endurance sport. And, you know, 
having those opportunities for anybody wherever they are. I mean, we've seen the the stories of, you know, people that are, you know, recovering addicts and they turn to endurance sport to help them through that or, you know, for people who are going through divorce or let's say they are in those 40s, 50s, 60s and they've changed careers or what have you and they use endurance sport for whatever coping mechanism and it's a shame because it's a shame that we position endurance sport as you have to be the young able-bodied fast white guy to fit in and I know more people than not that don't fit that category and I'm not willing to shut a door on Mm -hmm. those folks because they don't fit that stereotype and no no offense against them good job and congratulations but for the rest of us we may do it for a completely different reason and making space for those reasons yeah well, and touching on what Dr. Lisa said about, um, you know, the, the bubbling under the surface about, you know, accessibility to women, the club, the team, whatever you want to call it, it to me is a necessary, a, a necessary thing. And that's, um, we as women need that support system in the club, in the team, especially if you don't have if your significant other, your partner is not supportive necessarily, and maybe mm-hmm. they'll be there, but mm-hmm. if having some place to go where there's other women mm-hmm. who they get it, they know that I know that I can go and I'm going to hang out with three or four women and we're going to get our get it done and they're going to push me and, and I'm going to push them and we're going to pull each other and... Um, and we're rooting for each other and we're cheering for each other where I might not get that at home, but I want, I need this thing in my life, this joy, this physical movement, you know, that I can do or what I can do um, is such a necessary thing. So that's why we have to be each other. Yeah. 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 And yeah. And I, I would I would probably attest to the fact that, yeah, absolutely. All of what Lisa said and um, to the next point, too, sometimes we will endure that two, three hour ride, run, whatever, just because we need that drink right after the ride and the run with our mm-hmm. friends. Mm-hmm. We need it for that moment just as relief from life from the world, from work, from whatever, you will do it. I mean, that, I don't know if that's desperation. I don't know what that is, but um, sometimes you need that. And all of that together with, like you said, people that are pushing you, um, as Lisa always tells me on our rides, what what wheel are you on? Yeah, you on that wheel. You are on my <laughs> wheel, okay? And we're going to make it all the way to the end. And the joy is that you did it when you didn't want to. You did it with people who were going to see you to the end. Um, Mm -hmm. And and you did it with people that, you know, if you didn't get up, you might be in a completely different mental state, physical Mm -hmm. state, emotional state. Even I I remember right after my grandfather passed, doing the training was like the couple of hours in the whole day that it wasn't painful. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and you can pick whatever you're going through. I mean, Mm -hmm. everybody's going through something, especially during 2020. But those couple of hours were just the relief. It was the two hours I could actually slap a smile on my face, even when that run yeah. was hurting. And yes. people need that. And I think Lisa Steptoe has you're you're creating space for people to yeah. find that they're yeah. looking for it. And, and no offense to therapists and all those mental health professionals and all that, but it's something to be said for endurance sport and what it does for our whole lives. Mm-hmm. And and if you don't find that space, it's, it's truly like a, a safe haven, really. And you know. 
what are we doing here? If we're not making that safe space comfortable for people, then they yeah. may not find it. They're out there doing it by themselves. They could be having a better experience. I, I just think it's crucial to take a look at these um, these teams. And are we really being teams? Are we really being clubs? Are we are really, really being teams? Yeah. Are, yeah. are we? Versus yeah. are we saying, oh, it's it's the fast versus everyone else or, you know, I don't want to do that. I don't want to play that game. And and I think a lot of other people don't want to play that game either. Um, yeah. And it's, so. it's not, it's just, it's the fast, it's the white, it's the male, right? Oh, like, God, so there's all yes. these other identities that are attached to that. And mm-hmm. um, I think this is a great place to wrap up. And, you know, what popped into my head is that Kevin Costner movie with about the baseball field where he's like, if you build it, they will come. Yes. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, look, let, look, Lisa Steptoe, let me get my $50 together because I'm about to come. Okay. And, and Lisa Ingerfield, she she might be coming too, all the way from Colorado. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, if you build it good enough, we will all <laughs> we come. We will come. Okay? Yeah. Will come. <laughs> awesome. So. But but kudos and congratulations on everything. Um, Lisa and I also know that you are pursuing that full at Ironman Maryland 2021. Mm-hmm. And so right now is kind of chill and and keep a baseline but come next year it's going to be hot and heavy on and popping for sure yeah. so um we are thrilled for you and thrilled for the look the the club is very blessed and fortunate to have you in leadership mm-hmm. moving up those ranks and just opening folks minds to you know this is how we do it and this is how we do it well this is how we share what we have um because we don't own it you know, Lisa Ingerfield has told me this many times. We don't own one, one set of people does not own triathlon. We all mm-hmm. can right. have a piece of it. Right. We all can. And so I appreciate your approach. So yeah. thank you for coming to the podcast. Yeah. Thank you so thank much, you. Lisa. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Unfazed, a podcast produced by Live Feisty Media and supported by the Outspoken Women in Triathlon Summit. Edited and produced by the fabulous Lindsay Glassford. Email us at info at unfazedpodcast.com and find us on social at try to defy at Dr. Gold Speaks or at Outspoken Women in Try. I'm Lisa. I'm Shauna. Thanks for listening. Stay unfazed, folks. See you next time. <laughs>